It's well known that the Chazanish said that every yeshiva is a hospital. And we don't throw kids out of a hospital. And there are many stories of well-known tzaddikim, like the Satmarema, where he said that there were boys who were Mechal Shabbos, and he suggested that they throw out the rest of the yeshiva to keep them, because if we throw these two out, what's going to be? If we throw the rest of them, they'll go to other yeshivas. They looked at every single neshama as a neshama that cannot be lost and can be worked with. And that's, that's a very high madrega. But basically, I broke it down into three parts that I think make sense. And that's what I want to share for the regular yeshivas, but even for the, those who are struggling with the struggling kids. Now, what, where did I learn this from? Why do I have a right to an opinion? Because 20 years ago, long time ago, I had a crazy idea to open Home Sweet Home. And Home Sweet Home was opened up by me without any experience, without any training, without any mentor, nothing. It was a gut feeling that I think that we, maybe we could help out these kids who are homeless on the street, doing drugs, gambling, um, d- drug addicts, alcoholics, pretty much you name it in those days. And the way that I dealt with them, I think I, think, I, think I earned an opinion. I never threw out a kid. I never lost a kid. None of them committed suicide. None of them went back to drugs. Um, almost all of them walked out a year later from Shemitah Mitzvah, and we had no Yiddish guide in the program. So I, I think that when you have a program that, that year after year after year, I ran it until I started helping parents, and it was overwhelming. I figured instead of helping five, six kids have a home sweet home, I'll teach 50, 60 parents a year basically how to make their home sweet. And we've had over 600 parents come here and learn how to make your home sweet so you could save your own kids. But until then, I was running it and had great volunteers. Nobody got paid. I didn't get paid. They didn't get paid. And I created this whole idea. And in order to get in, there had to be kids who would not listen to rules. That was the fahar. The fahar was, could you break rules? Because if they would have been kids who can keep rules, they wouldn't come to home sweet home. They wouldn't be thrown out of home. We had kids thrown out of psych wards. We had kids thrown out of out of hospitals. We had kids thrown out of everywhere. The first two kids that came to me were homeless. One of them was homeless for four years. He lived in an empty truck he found in Walmart for a while. He lived on a train. Homeless. The other one was homeless and he, he was he was living, whatever, homeless, homeless, homeless. Machal Shabbos, Machal Yom Kippur. Not able to keep rules. Not able to deal with authority. Those are the kids that we took in. Not to throw any out. How is that possible? And I'll teach you the trick that I learned on the roughest. And of course it's going to work on the easier kids, the more stable kids. And of course it's going to work on a third grader. I was once in a principal's office and this third grader knocked on the door and I was sitting closer. It was a small office. So he told me, open. I opened it. I see this kid shaking, shaking a note from the Rebbe. And the note, I, I can't repeat to you. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't describe uh, 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 a terrorist the way that this six times I told him you could just hear the and he'll never be and he can't be and it threw him out of that like a little cute little kid I, I literally I wanted to save him and just take him home with me and bring him to the parents and say you know school is not safe for him that's not that's not the way you open any chinuch book that is not the way and this was the wrong 
attitude and, and the principal's response. To the, I said, it's like a bully. Like you're a grown man. You're looking at a little kid pishing in his pants and the way he treated him. Anyway, not my discussion. But basically I broke it down to this. And it was it's Negea, like the kid who got caught today uh, in the school, for kids who are struggling, smoking weed. Now, they have a rule, no weed. Now, they can't let everybody get away with stuff because they, have, they don't want to have kids smoking weed in their school. But they know that they're dealing with struggling kids. And, and really, everybody's dealing with struggling kids. So regardless of where you are, the top yeshiva, the middle yeshiva, the bottom yeshiva, the no yeshiva, what do you do when somebody breaks rules? Kid number one did a terrible rule, a cardinal sin in Home Sweet Home, one of the main big sins to get you thrown out was no violence. Because these kids were in jail for violence. These kids were violent. They had weapons. These kids were had histories of violence. So I said, listen, I know that a person can push your buttons. I know that bullying is, is terrible. I can't, I can't get into that. But the bottom line is, you pick up your hand, you're out. You, this, is, this was one of the rules. It's interesting, I got them to write all the rules that I, I wanted them to have. I'll talk about that a different time. It was the rules that they agreed to, but it was the rules that they wrote that I, I said, okay, we have to have some rules, we have to, whatever, how I did it. Bottom line is, didn't take very long. Boy number one punched boy number two in the face. What do I do? If I allow violence, then <laughs> it's going to be the Wild West. Right? We had a, a rule, no drugs. If I allow drugs, then they, they would never be able to function and get the health, the health that we gave them, that they walked out a year later. I mean, you can look at the pictures I have over here. If, if you don't see it, if you didn't witness it, you would never believe it. We saw kids go from feeling like nothing and being ganovim stealing and uh, shoplifters and everything. A year later, I mean, healthy, working, saving up money, moving back home, Shemitah Mitzvah, which was like, whoa. And that's how I realized that there's no religious problem. There's no spiritual problem. When you feel like rejected from the world, so then they, they couldn't be from. But as soon as they were accepted by me and by volunteers, by regular from people, and they came to us for Shabbos, and they were part of a community, by the graduation of the first three kids, three kids, over 400 people in the community came to their graduation. It made them feel like and that's what we did from the beginning. By accident, without knowing it, we restored their self-esteem. We like you. You're, you're great. And we're going to help you get to where you want to go. We believe in you. And I never had to say those words to them. It just was part of the whole program. And I wish that somebody would duplicate it. Because we had more success than any rehab, any psych ward in the world. And even any Kirov center. Because they walked out. Look at them. You look at the pictures. Now, it, boy number one. Punch boy number two in the face. Now this is I have no I had no mentor, I had no training, I had nobody to call. This is boy number one, like in the first week that I opened the home, what do I do? Anyway, so I said, listen, you know, we, we made rules and we can't have violence, it's impossible. So you can't be here. Now, what does a normal person do when they fire you? Or when you get thrown out of something where you want to be? How do I know he wanted to be there? Because they came. They came, they sat with me, they decided they wanted to be there, right? How do you respond? So normal people think the way you respond is, oh, I'm so sorry, please forgive me, it'll never happen again. Okay, reality check. 
They don't respond that way. They don't respond that way. And even regular kids, until you calm them down, they don't respond that way. So this was hardcore, but on everyone on their level, so I'll, I'll say it, I'm not going to say B'Shem HaMalchus, I'm not going to say it outright, the words that I got, but basically, F you, drop dead, I don't need you, who needs you, I don't need this place. He needed this place. He was homeless. But that response is, you rejecting me? Right? Even though I didn't do it, you did it. Like, you, you, you rejected yourself, right? Doesn't matter. You rejected me? I don't need you. Who needs this? F, 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 F. I'm gonna pack up. I said, wait, 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 one second. He looks at me, frozen. He looks at me, he goes, what? I said, you can't stay in home sweet home, but you're not out of my life. You're not going back on the street. Come. Come to my house. So he goes, what? I said, yeah, you come to my house. You're my guest. You didn't lose, you didn't lose me. You just, you can't, I can't have violence in the house because, you know, you punched him in the face tomorrow. He's going to retaliate with a knife. You're going to retaliate with a gun and we're going to have a bunch of dead people here. I didn't open up a cemetery. I'm trying to rehabilitate people. So moved into my house, into the guest suite where my father stayed and where Hush of a guest stayed. And he went to work because part of, I, I got them a job before they moved in. He went to work and at night he spent with me, took him out to eat, treated him like, like he did nothing wrong. And and even then, in in my first week of business, right, of my first week of business, right, which I wasn't getting paid for, and I had to come up with a hundred thousand dollars to cover all the all the bills of the place, which was very cheap because we had no staff because everybody was just volunteer, which is part of why it worked. Because at the end of the day, they knew that nobody's there to get paid. It makes a big difference. So everybody said to me, the volunteers and people, everybody's that's the punishment. Like, that's the consequence. So if you break one of the rules, you move into Avi's house and you get treated like royalty. I said, first of all, I don't care if it's punishment or not. I'm not putting him back on the street. But second of all, he wants to be in the program. Kids want to be in yeshiva. Kids want to be where they go, especially if they're old enough that they made a choice. They don't want to be rejected. If Steinman Zetzal said, no kid comes to school to get thrown out of class. No kid comes to school to be chutzpahdik. He di- he disagreed with the concept. He said, there's no such thing as chutzpah. He said, if a kid is chutzpahdik, there's something bothering him. If you have a great relationship with a kid and he's boosted and he's healthy and he feels good about it, he's not going to be chutzpahdik. And so someone said, but what do you, if you ask him and he says, no, he says, no, no, I'm not doing it. If Steinman said, so what do you want? A tembo? Shetagid kalazman ken ken ken? What do you want? Some kind of a, a fool, an idiot? How do you say tembo? You're not allowed to say that word these days. Uh, uh, a, a, a dummy. A tippish. Okay. You want some kind of a, a tippish, a dummy that says, Ken, Ken, Ken? Yes, 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 all the time? So he says no. It's okay, his personality. He, he said it's not chutzpah. Interesting. Where was I? Nobody goes to school to get thrown out. Nobody comes to a program to get thrown out. I knew that he would want to be in the program, even if I would treat him, no matter what. Three meals a day, can, whatever it is. A week later, it was took time, because this boy had a lot of anger problems, which is why he got thrown out of a lot of a lot of things. By the way, none of this was his fault, but nobody knew what was really triggering it. But he had a lot of anger problems. One of the psych wards that he left 
I don't remember if it was a psych ward or rehab. He took a chair and threw it through a glass window when they had him in front of like a tribunal to judge whether or whatever. You know, and he, he slept on a train. Okay? He needed that program. He wanted to be successful. He didn't want to be thrown out again. Nobody does. He stayed by me. It took about a week, especially over Shabbos. And then he tells me, okay, I want to go back. I said, great, no problem. But you know, he go, I know, I know, I know. I have to work on that. I know I have a temper. And he was pushing my buttons, but I shouldn't have done it. I'm not going to do it again. And he moved in. There was no damage to my relationship with him. There was no rechuk. There was no putting him down. And, and every single kid, except for a few, really, which, which is strange, why, the, why, why it wasn't everyone. There were a few kids that I never had a minute of an issue with. Yochanan was one of them. Never had one issue. There was another boy who came from a very chesidisha family. He owned a gun and a car, and he was a terrorist, and also I never had a minute of problem with them. There were a few. But all the other ones, of course they broke the rules, because that was how you got into the place. That was the fahar. Of course they did what that... I mean, I'm talking about bad stuff. I'm talking about they did big, 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 bad, bad, bad stuff that they weren't allowed to do. Duh! And then I realized that the way I responded, rectified, not only dealt with them in a way that they never lost a kid, but rectified their trauma of rejection by the way I dealt with them. So I realized that it's not... They didn't do anything to me. They're hurting themselves because of their inability to function properly because of their pain and trauma and rejection and blah, 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 blah. So when they broke a rule and got caught, I said, with this face of no judgment, I'm like, so what are we going to do? It's like, it's, it's, it's you against your, against, it's you against yourself. Like, what does that do with me? Like, what are we going to do? I, I got, I, I went there, I saw a kid was missing. I waited up at the dining room until it was daybreak, it was about 6 a.m. Door opens up, kid comes in, looks at me. Busted. You were not allowed to leave because kids would do drugs, kids would do terrible things. You weren't allowed, you could ask permission, whatever, you weren't allowed to just out of there. Okay? It's a big problem. He walks in, he sees me. The look on my face was, I'm glad you're alive. I was worried about you. He was frozen. I'm like, are you okay? Yeah. I said, I have a seat. It's out across from me. Should we get a coffee? He was like, I'm okay. I'm like, okay. What's going on? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? That boy, I just saw a picture of him today with his wife and his kids. Married from the, the, they all are. I'm saying most of their couple are still waiting for a shidduch, but married kids from everything. It wasn't, a, it wasn't about, like, you disappointed me, and I can't have this, and what if the other kids... Even though it was a small place, three, four kids, the stakes were very high. So when someone says, we can't let you get away with it because of the other kids in the class, even if it's 30 kids or 300, it was much, much more pikuach nefesh for me to let them get away with stuff when there's three, four other kids who, if they start knowing that you can get away with stuff... We're talking about very bad stuff. Kids who were on cocaine, kids who were homeless, kids who were violent, kids who stole. One of the kids who moved into me, the person before me who took him in off the street for a winter, he stole $8,000 cash and their silver. So this was not easy. This was not easy. And I had to be very careful. But there was never any rechuk. There was never any, 
any any consequences. It was like, okay, so what are we going to do about this? How are we gonna, how are we going to figure out how we? It's our problem because if they fail, I fail. That's how a Rebbe and a Manal has to feel. If, if they fail, if they fail, I fail. And there's a ton. I just don't have the time right now. A ton of stories. It's just one that comes to mind. Reb Gadol. Anybody here hear of Reb Gadol Eisner? Reb Gadol Eisner. You heard of? You heard of? You heard of? Well, you're Ger, so you heard. He was a Ger Chassid. But he was a Mechanach. My father in Poland, when he was in Poland, my father had him as a as a Rebbe or a Manal. I don't I don't remember. He was a master Mechanach. And it came to a point of a kid that was making a lot of trouble. They said we have to throw him out. So he said. If you have to throw out one of my Talmidim, he had a full yeshiva, hundreds of kids. If you have to throw out one of my Talmidim, so that, you know what that means? It means that I, how do you say that in English? I failed. I'm not doing it. My job is to produce, so it's not he failed. I failed. And if I failed, so if you throw him out, then I have to find another job. I give him my resignation. So they said, no, 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 no. And they kept, him, and they kept him. They kept Reb Gadol, and they kept the kid, and they worked it out. And there's a million stories of people who were mice and nefesh, they said, it's, so I felt like that. And every time a new, stupid, pimply-faced, druggy kid came in, I realized that my success that I'm devoting myself to depends on that kid now. It's like so not fair. The first ten kids walked out completely from, clean, working, functional. It was a miracle. In fact, it was a problem, because kids on the street did not want to come into the program. I met this kid, Chaim Glantz, Chaim Tzvi Glantz, from our place, brought me this kid to meet me, look at the house. It was great. He sees everything great. He does his research. He said, I'm not coming here. You're going to make me from. I said, I don't make people from. There's no Shachos Min Chamarev. I'm not Lubavitch. I don't ask you to put on tefillin. Nothing. Nothing. There's no Shachos Min you, you, We have a program. It's fun. It's great. I'm not going to make you from. See, he looks at me. He goes, but everybody who came here, the first 10 kids, everybody who walked in here left here from. So it was bad for business. It was bad. It was a problem. Anyway, I told him, I said, listen, I promise I'm not going to make you from. There's no pressure to be from. He goes, but that's how you do it. That's your, that's, that's how you do it. I said, you're right, but I didn't know that. I promise you, when I opened up, I had no idea that that's how I do it. And I had no expectations. I didn't expect anybody here to leave from. And I promise you that it was an accident. And it's true. I had no idea that this is the way to make people feel, make them happy, treat them with respect, and just be you, and then they want to be like you. No idea that that's the way it works. Nobody wrote a book on it yet. So I told him, I promise you it was an accident. And then he says, no, no, I'm not coming. And I told him, it's a little bit of a story in a story, but I told him, I said, you know, I'll make you a deal. You just do what you want. You want to do what you want, right? So I said, so what are you worried about? Right now, you don't want to be from. Don't be from. You want to come here, come here. You're worried that you're going to want to be from, so then you'll do what you want then also. You always do what you want. He said, no, but I don't want to want to be from. You're going to change my rutzen. Very sad. When they're not from and they're in rebel mode, they, they don't want it. They don't want it. It gave me pain. Back, to the point. Every kid who broke the rules got the same treatment. If you can't stay here, 
There's no rejection from me. Move into my house. We'll work it out. Figure out what to do. They always calmed down and recommitted themselves. And I never lost a kid. Never a kid was kicked out or rejected. And I realized that the more that they messed up, the more midas arachmanis I needed to add on to myself. That's yudgimu midas arachmim. Why does Hashem need to have midas arachmim? Why does he need to have rachum khan and erachabat for tzaddikim? They don't need it. The more we sin, the more midas Hashem adds on to himself. Oh, now I got to be a rachum. Now I got to be a erachapayim. Now I got to be a nice avayim. Carry their iniquity. It's only the rishayim and sinners and all the messed up stuff that causes him to add all these, these midas on himself. He never says, well, that's it, we're done. Tarmidavayr, everybody knows. When a person sins, he creates malachi chavala, angels of well, destruction. And they want to come after the sinner and suck his blood. They want to kill him. And Hashem feeds them, so to speak, just like just like he feeds, make sure everybody has sustenance, animals, creatures, humans, everything. He's not to eat us and kill us on the spot. He pays them off, waiting for us to do tshuva. So here's what has to happen in any kind of a school or program. Very simple. Three steps. Step number one is you have to have rules. Rules are going to show you, based on, on the rules that you have, what kind of kids you want to cater to. Obviously, if it's public school kids, your rules are going to be different than if it's brisk. So the rules are going to, are going to give you the kids that come into your system because the ones who want higher rules, like if your rule is um, you can't watch movies on Shabbos, then obviously you're going to get that type of crowd. right? If your rule is you have to wear a hat and garatol by davening, you're going to have that kind of... So the rules define your population. From 100% of the kids that you get, many of them are going to be strengthened by the rules, and when they want to break a rule or do something or go out of bounds, the rule is going to hold them in, because I want to be a good kid. I'm healthy, I'm successful, and I'm going to listen to the rule, and the rules are very good for them. The rules are very healthy for them. So you're going to have whatever percentage of kids that because of the rules that you have, they're going to understand what their mascarat is, what their where the boundary is, and they're going to be successful, whether it's the same thing at work. Then you're going to have a certain percentage of kids that are going to break the rules. In that group, you're going to have two categories. You're going to have a category that if you give them, of course, with love and without rejection, but you give them a consequence to their action, right? that they're going to respond positively and go back to keeping the rules. Those are healthy kids who break rules. So you're going to say... Um, you know, whatever it is, in a nice way, again, no rejection, I'm not, I, I don't look down at you, I don't look down, I think, I think part of the reason that they're, that, that I didn't look down at these kids is because I wasn't such a good kid, so like, well, I'm, who am I to look down at you? So it's not like, oh, I'm disappointed in you, all that stuff is, is outdated, it's like, you could say it's passing this, you're better than that, you know, but it depends, if it's a regular kid or, or, but without rejection and without torture, there could be a consequence. If the kid accepts the consequence and then restores his ability to keep the rules, that's fantastic. There are a group of people, you know, you came late, um, you know, after davening, whatever. I, I'm not very big on consequences anyway, and kids today need a lot of love, but you got to keep order. And for those kids, that's good. Then you're going to have kids who the consequences are going to break them. 
And instead of fixing them and making them normal and keeping the rules and feeling good about themselves and the mysid, they're going to turn into rebel mode and anger mode and rejection mode. And for those kids, you cannot give consequences. You will make them worse. The rules and the consequences are only here to help somebody, not to bury somebody. And you have to be able to, first of all, know which kid this T-pool is going to be the right treatment and which medicine, right? You have to diagnose. And most, really, most Rebbeim and, and Meisters know which kids are hurting and which kids he can work with, which kids, what they can do. And if not, after they try once or twice and you see by based on the reaction, you'll already know how to deal with the reaction if it's wrong and what category to put them in. But these, these kid rules don't work. Now let's understand, we're all here. We are all here as Jews and as alive Jews. Because Hashem said the same concept. I have rules. Water goes down. When it came to Kriya Siamsuf, water goes up. Because all the rules of nature, the natural rules of the world, are not to drown us. They're for our benefit. That's normal. But when it came that Klal needed to be saved, Hashem changed the rules, the natural rules of the world, because I'm not losing my kid. Right? So the rules are very good. That rules has to has to be there for normal kids. And consequences that are with calm, without anger, without ego, without putting the person down, without breaking them, is very good for those kids that will respond positively. Now what about the other kid? So that's where we, we have to do what we did in Home Sweet Home. Those kids need more attention. There's no such thing as losing a kid. That's where Chinuch starts. That's where wisdom starts. You're always going to have wise rabbeim and wise chachamim and wise gedolim, and usually the oldest zakenim are are the wisest ones who are going to say, no, 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 you're not throwing the kid out. He needs more kiruv. He needs more love. He needs more attention. And those are the kids. Like Rav Steinman said, the teacher gets Eilam Hazeh from the four best talmidim. Eilam Haba from the four troublemakers who cause endless frustration. And for the rest of the class, he receives a salary. Okay, but here's where, here's where your talent begins, instead of talent ending. Now, th- these, are, these are souls. We believe in them. And every single soul can be saved. The story of Rav Steinman that comes to mind, it was told to me by the Bala Meiser, who has a yeshiva, and he has a yeshiva for, they wear the black and white, Uniform, but they're, they're, it's not the top level. But this kid, I've told us in the past, this kid got caught during Shear with an unfiltered iPhone in Eretz Yisrael, which is worse than here because there's a real war against those, watching a movie during Shear. So throughout the year, the Rebbe had a lot of problem with the kids, and every time he wanted to throw them out and make things, he said no, and he made him keep him in Yeshiva. And the second... Uh, say to Rebbe, the afternoon Rebbe, same problems, and he said no. Now, watching a movie, even here, even a modern, and I hear this is a black and white yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael, watching a movie during the Rebbe Shir, forget about it. So the Rebbe says, Ad Khan, it's over. And he tells Rebbe Gedal Yashenin, if you're going to start to defend him, and you're going to start to pressure me, no, we don't throw kids out, we have to keep him, then you should know, right now, I quit. It's either me or him. Everybody could understand that. So he said, okay, I hear you. 
We're, we're not, but we're dealing with a neshama. We have gedolim. Let's go to a gadol. Pick whichever one you want. And that Rebbe picked Reb Aaron Leibstein. So they went the next day to Rav Steinman. He went, he told me the story, I have it on a recording. Him, with the first grade Rebbe, and the second grade Rebbe, who both already, as he says, already had a big red X on this kid for the whole year, and now with this, done. They went ahead and they told the story. He's a troublemaker, he comes late, he bothers the class, all of this. And now, watching a movie in the middle of the shear, in the cl- an iPhone, unfiltered, we can't. So he turns to Gedalia and he says, Gedalia, what do you say? He says, I opened up a yeshiva for the kids who aren't making it in the mainstream yeshiva. It's a hospital. Did you ever hear of a hospital throwing out patients? I hired them to take care of these kids. Now, most of our kids really behave better than this. This is, in our level, this is really below our level. But sometimes kids mess up. Sometimes kids go through hard times, and that's their job is to save the boy, not to throw him out. Anybody could throw out a kid. They're, that's what I hired. I hired them to save yeah, even him. So if Steinman said, this boy cannot be in yeshiva right now. He crossed the line. So what do you do? So what do we do? We would say, okay, throw him out. Not my problem. Find him another yeshiva. Some people say you can't throw him out until you find another yeshiva. Some people don't care. Some people do care. No, no. He says, no, 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 no. He's in yeshiva. He just can't be in the shir right now. He needs medicine. He needs tipul, treatment. The treatment is not to throw him out. How does that make the kid better? Well, we all know what would happen. He'd end up being another homeless kid on the street. Machal, everything. He's not chayav misa. To say from, I think it's the Chazanish, that Nayach and the Teva, if someone didn't behave, there were, there were things that happened, people didn't behave, why did he throw them out? Because so, that's certain death. He said, we have to look at it right now, every school and every house is a Teva. Teva's Nayach. You throw a kid out, you're drowning him. Certain death. Physically also, but emotionally, but spiritually. How do you make, how do you make the kid better? Oh, we, <laughs> a guy came collecting money for a charity. For yeshiva. He tells me, I used to have a bad name. I used to work with shvacha boys, weak boys, but don't worry, I got rid of all of them. And now I'm dealing only with good kids. I said, you picked the wrong sales pitch. (laughs) The wrong guy. I said, so who, I said, there were so many yeshivas for the good kids who don't make trouble. Who, who, like your life is easier, I get it, but like, what about all those kids? Where are they going to go? So he tells the first grade, the first say the Rebbe, he says, what do you do in the afternoon? He says, I learn in Kolel. Kolel. I learn in Kolel. He says, okay, tell Yecharusa for the next month you're not showing up. He says, I want you to learn with this boy, second say there, every day, in the yeshiva, in the Bismarck. You're his Chavrusa in the afternoon. Second say there, what do you do in the morning? I prepare, I, I learn in Kolel, and I prepare my share. He goes, okay, for the next month, I want you to learn in the morning, say there, you should learn with this boy. In yeshiva. Don't look down at him. Don't give him musr. No hatred. No rejection. That's the medicine. Right? In a month from now, if it's still not, if he's not ready to, to buckle down, to, to, you know, behave properly, come back. What do you think happened in a month from now? The boy didn't get rejected. 
He, he didn't feel stung. He didn't feel like a piece of garbage. He felt special. He developed a relationship. He got a great chavusa in the morning. He got a great chavusa. And then, because they were very friendly with him, so they looked at him differently. And they treated him differently. And all of a sudden, his self-esteem was boosted, right? And at the end of the month, he was back mainstreamed into yeshiva. And today, says Rebbe he's a chash of a ben taira, and he's married, and he has kids. And all of that would have been lost, and they would blame him. Don't blame the kids for having problems, Blame us that we didn't come up with the solutions. So, those kids, right? So this kid now got, got, got caught smoking weed. He can't be in the yeshiva. I get it. He can't be in the dorm. He has problems. They have to figure out if he needs therapy, if it's pain, whatever. So one kid, you could say, uh, some kind of consequences, and he's going to behave. And the other kid is going to, is going to, is going to just tank. So I said, imagine if there is yeshiva, the manal would say to him, listen, I see that you need weed. And I see that you're different than the other boys, right? And you need it to fall asleep, maybe you have anxiety. I'll work with you. I'll work with you. And I'll tell you the solution. I'll tell you partially the solution. This happened to me. A mainstream camp director called me up. because He's a friend of mine. He said, I need to meet with you. So we met. He said, listen, I have one boy coming to me. He's going to be a counselor. My problem is, he's a great boy, a lot, he's great, he's great, everything, he smokes. My rule is, I, I don't have any smoking. I don't want to not take him, because first of all, he's a great counselor, but also, he's going through some issues, whatever, he needs to be with me this summer. This is going to be the best place for his ruchnius and his gashmius and emotion, right? He needs to be with me, what do I do? What do I do? I know he's not going to quit. So he's going to hide. He's going to get caught. And I don't want to go through all of this. So I said, how about this? How about if you tell him, listen, I'm going to keep your cigarettes for you. I'm going to keep your cigarettes for you. Every night, after you put the kids to sleep, we're going to go for a ride. Me and you. Five minutes out of camp, I'll pull over. I don't want you to smell up my car with smoke. You go out for your cigarette and... One or two, I'll wait, we'll schmooze, and then we'll come back. And if during the day you also feel like, you know, you, you need more than two, I'll, you, you, I'll take you for a ride, we'll do the same thing. Would that work for you? Kids said, great deal. So the whole summer, every night, he spent special time, everybody knew that he's going for a ride with the head counselor. He felt good about it, nobody knew what's going on. He spent, ended up spending some time with him privately, driving to their place that they found, you know. And when it was raining, they found some shed somewhere that was, you know, with a roof or something. And then the kid smoked one or two or three, whatever, schmoozed. Everything, and everything was fine. And everything was fine. So, so imagine the Manal tells this kid, listen, first of all, we know today, there are some kids smoking weed, they don't need it. And it's like cigarettes pretty, almost at that level in the olden days. And some kids, mamish, need it for anxiety. Mamish, medicinal. Medicinal, they need it. So you have to know which and which can. Imagine you tell the kid, listen, I understand that you need it probably. When do you, before you go to bed at night? Okay, every night you're going to come over to me. We're going to go in a car. We're going to go for a drive. And we'll go for a walk. And you'll do what you have to do. And then we'll come back. I can't tell the whole yeshiva that it's okay. Because I'm running yeshiva, I have 200 kids, everyone's going to smoke weed. I can't show them special treatment. But I believe in you. I'm showing you special treatment, and nobody should know. What do you think the ending is going to be? So why do you have to kill somebody when you could have an ending? 
we have to be put in put in more karkas. You're not going to catch a kid. You open a yeshiva, you think you're not going to catch a kid with a phone, and your only solution you came up to is throw him out of yeshiva and be mavayishim barabim. That's as far as we've 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 grown in our wisdom. Smart people, Jewish people. That's what we got. Break phone and kill the king. That's not chinuch. That's like, you know, come on, we're smarter than that, we're better than that. And there are a lot of people who behave that way, but there's a lot of smart mechanchim that have chachma and bina and even das. And they're smart and they're wise and they don't give up on the kids and they don't ruin the other kids and nobody gets a bad ashba. You have to be metapal with the child and realize some of these kids are major, major issues. And then, when it doesn't work, which for some of them it won't, they will trust you when you say, listen, I want you here. You're here. You're in my heart. You're in my life. You can move him into your house sometimes. I see you're struggling. You really need help. How about we get you help? Uh, if a kid sees a Rebbe, doesn't give up on him, and should have been thrown out ten times, and wasn't, that is a, a kid who's going to respond to that Rebbe. The Rebbe saved the kid's life. Instead of having to be thrown out, and then going into rebel mode, and then being on the street, and then nobody, I hate Tyra, and I hate Hashem, and I hate Rebbe, and I hate, you know, going through all of that. None of that has to happen. None of that has to happen. It needs a little Messiah Snafish, and not every Rebbe can do it. You have to have in every Maisen a couple of people who are genuine hearts, that are willing to be a little bit Maisen Nefesh, more than the the average, um, what it says that they're supposed to do, with the wisdom to do it in a smart way. No, you can't tell a yeshiva to just let everything go through because then your mice goes out the window. You have to have rules. You have to have consequences. And you have to have consequences when it's going to work. And when the consequences don't work, that's when you need to start using real chinuch. That's what chinuch is for a maizid. And I just want to add, my business about 25 years ago was Sony refurbished telephones. So Sony makes, let's say... Uh, I don't, I don't know, a million telephones. More, right? But a million telephones. There's a certain percentage that don't work and they get returned. To Sony, it's trash. It's garbage. 8%, let's say, was approximately what. So they sell it for peanuts. To us, it was gold. To us, it was gold. Because we got, that, that was our whole business. We fixed them up. A lot of them was something minor. And then we sold it for a lot of money. We did very, very well. So, when you're dealing with a telephone, you could say, okay, we have a hundred telephones, and eight telephones are bad, throw them out, melt it, sell it for, in those days it was metal, melted plastic, I don't know, do it, get rid of it, who needs it? Our business is good without it. Or sell it, sell it for pennies. There's no potential there, there's not, we're not gonna be busy with that, we have to make, uh, ten million phones. When you're dealing with nishamas, it doesn't work that way. You're always gonna have eight percent, ten percent, ten, fifteen percent, whatever it is, troubled kids. And the job is to look at them and refurbish them. Look at them as diamonds. Look at them as, as gold. That, that's where your Eilam Haba comes from. And when we look at them like that, we don't need other yeshivas to then take them and say, okay, we'll deal with the, the loser. Everybody has to deal and can deal on their level because if the top yeshiva throws out those boys and they're in that yeshiva, they already downgraded the boys. But if they would do this on the higher level, they wouldn't lose any boys. There's no reason to lose anybody. Unless there, you know, there are exceptions to every rule. If they're hurting other boys um, in, a, in a violent way, or God, for, God forbid, some kind of uh, abuse. But, there's, but 90, let's say 90, for sure, 90%, maybe more, could be dealt with in-house. 
by making exceptions for them, by making chavrusashaf with them, by realizing it's all about self-esteem and everybody's trying and modifying stuff and believing in them. We wouldn't lose any kids because every kid responds to special treatment. And the worse they are, the better the special, more special treatment they get and they respond on any age and any stage. And I've proven that with the worst kids pretty much at the worst stages, they responded beautifully to that. One after another, after another, after another. And, and we don't use this on healthy-ish kids in a healthy-ish school. It's ridiculous. Or, 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 uh, second graders and fourth graders, they're gonna respond to, to harshness? Come on. Read up on it. Doesn't work. Hasn't worked in a long time. And it's unnecessary. Like you just, you just, what you did with your daughter, this testimony, and what you did with your son, and what you're doing, we're winning every battle without firing a single shot.